Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year Wall Street veterans who are at increasingly well-known firms, have been for years, who have gone underground and taken on secret identities in order to provide our candid views on a handful of stocks out of each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news. But our employers would never allow our unvarnished thoughts on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know. And they can be pretty unvarnished. Uh, Well, that's true. And they're looking for reasons to get rid of us. Let's face it, everyone is. Um, A few disclosures. This show is for entertainment purposes only. And, uh, you know, that may be true. It may not be true this week. Who knows? We have a lot of conflicts of interest as well. We may own these stocks. We tend to, but we might not. And, of course, we may have no idea what we're talking about. Keep that in mind at all times. This week, we are going to look at the October 3rd, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. And I'll be back at the back half of the show to talk about Scott's Miracle Grow, Granite Construction, and Eagle Materials, a lot of uh, hardened uh, products for these hardened times. And I just have a few quick comments, Vern, if you don't mind. No, please. It's been a tumultuous I was afraid that week. there wouldn't be. Oh, my God. Even today. And it is Friday. We're doing two. this on the right uh, day. Uh, the market was up. It's down. I mean, look what we have here going on. We've never seen these things before, and we're grown men. Uh, unbelievable politics, a whole new batch of candidates, very entertaining. Uh, business, bankruptcies, mergers, pirates, war, nuclear weapons. It's chaos. The Chicago Cubs in the playoffs. <laughs> and the White on? Sox well, at the same the time. The Dodgers won that a game. was 102 years ago that happened. And I just want to point out that from space, the Earth but still not looks the, Mets. the same. And I was just oh looking God. through, uh, I did some Google searches today. I was looking up a long list of panics. And if you type in panics, business panics, stock market panics into Google, I mean, there's been dozens and dozens of them. And they all feel like this at the time. I just pulled up this one, the uh, panic of 1869 through 1871. Uh, They overbuilt the rails. There were four railroads going in every town. Uh, gold was going up. You're you're trying to make me feel I'm, better by no, telling me a story I'm about something that you, happened more than a hundred years ago. Well, it's just uh, my point is it's human nature. It's all about psychology, and this stuff just happens now. Uh, evidently, there was a gold exchange down on Broad and Exchange. <laughs> did you just say that? What did you just say? Basically, blank happens. Did I? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, no, it's because of our nature, you know. But here we had a guy named Jay Gould, who you probably heard about. A lot of railroads being financed with, you know, gold because nobody trusted the currency of America. And on Black Friday, September twenty fourth, eighteen sixty nine, everything is in September or October. Why is that? I don't. Do you have any idea? Ever? No, I honestly anyway, I don't. Anyway, on that day, September twenty fourth, eighteen sixty nine, gold. Which all these capitalists had their money in went from 162 on one day to 143 the other. I can't really do the math on that, but that's 15 or 20 percent. It had never been seen in history. People were jumping out of windows. <laughs> Buildings were shorter then, so there weren't as many deaths. But this stuff happens. And when I back up, let me just uh, let's see here. If you go to the history box, uh, there's this whole amazing list of panics, etc. My point being, ladies and gentlemen, that we're in one, if you didn't know, and it's going to be okay. This is the time you uh, build wealth for the future. You don't get to have the money right now because everyone's panicked and no one wants to give it to you. But if you're careful and you buy right, these are exactly the times where all the billionaires 
uh, made all their money. So we're going to forge ahead. There's some good stocks here. And uh, that's my rant for the week, Vern, so what have you. Uh, so with very little ado, uh, I'm going to turn the show over to Vern Value. Vern, good luck. Thank you very much. All right. You're welcome. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, these are interesting times. They are. And I'm going to uh, – this is, uh, I think, an interesting uh, week for Value Line because it's – Basically, housing and consumer discretionary, right? Well, a lot of that um, stuff, you just you just have to say it's going to be a tough four quarters There's ahead. a bunch of alternative power stuff there. Well, sure, right. Just be early. But um, How early? Yeah, how early are you? I kind of like the uh, I kind of like the idea of uh, having at least some of my money in uh, something very basic. And what's more basic than Kimberly Clark? Hmm. Diapers, cash. diapers, feminine care products, adult incontinence products. These are not discretionary products. If you have bodily fluids leaking out of you, you're going to want a product to help. Well, plus with football know, season, you know, people like to stay in a chair for a uh, long time. They own Kleenex, uh, Cottonelle, uh, Scott and Viva paper towels. Now we're getting a little more discretionary. They, they apparently have a business. I, I never heard of this, but uh, it's away from home products and then... According to Value Line, they have in parentheses bathroom products. So these are products you take to other bathrooms. Do you know what they're talking about? That's pretty personal, Vern. <laughs> uh, I don't know if uh, you know. I, I really know you that well. Talk about that. Value, when Value Line priced the stock, it was about sixty-three and a half. It closed today at uh, closer to sixty-four and a half. So that puts it about fifteen times earnings and a market multiple. But yielding 3.7%. I would say, though, that if you have to start cutting out food or something because mm -hmm. you're unemployed, that product might be able to go that you mentioned. The, the away-from-home product. That's something I, you might be able to cut out maybe, of the budget. But I'm, I'm thinking that that's not 30% of sales or anything. Right. I'm thinking that the, the little uh, facial tissue thing, what's it called? Oh, yes, Kleenex. It's probably a little bigger. That's big. Um, but it's, tell yeah. me if these names sound familiar. Huggies, Kotex. Um, well, I already said I guess to Americans so. that's not uh, discretionary, really. I don't think so. No. And um, there's an opportunity here in a world where uh, uh, a lot of uh, stocks have really uh, sold off because of their exposure to or dependence on global commodity demand and commodity prices – um, here's a name. I mean, obviously, a lot of this stuff made out of uh, forest products, paper, basically. Um, there's a uh, there's an embedded play here on uh, falling commodity prices. So bad news for the economy, good news for Kimberly Clark. Very steady eddy business, and whether you're doing increasingly well or increasingly poorly has a lot to do with what's going on with these factors out of your control. Um, it looks like the stock might be early in an upturn. Peaked last year at about $10, uh, well, more like $8 higher than where we are right here. It's been as low as 50 so it's turned around. Um, if you look back late 90s, early part of this decade, the stock consistently averaged a high teens multiple. So um, looks like it was able to sustain a market valuation through a recession. Um, so it's I think, a safe you know, haven. Right. That's how people view and a, it. And a well-run one. 
Um, you can buy it for nine times EBITDA, enterprise value basis. Um, you know, if uh, their margins bounce back uh, and they, they have the kind of historical profitability they have, you're really looking at earnings power there that is, would reduce the multiple you know, to there more is a like problem, eight times. There is a problem with the stock. Right? What is the problem? It just never really goes up. I'm just looking at the chart, and it's been an underperformer hmm. for 10 years. Uh, you know, it's safe. Well, it's been it's a trading safe. range stock for the last five or six well, years. You know, I'm a, yeah, yeah, I guess right. so. No, I mean, yeah, between the mid-50s and the high 60s. Um, they just were such a good company with such great returns that there was nowhere to go when you were already at the top. Well, they've, gotten, they, they've gotten slowly. so large. They huh. apparently bought something in between 2000, in 2007, I guess, because there's a big, big increase in debt that year and a big jump in revenue and uh, margins came down in uh, step function uh, fashion, but there's no mention here. Well, price of what can it come was. off quickly, and that's a direct hit to your EBIT margin. Yeah, but know, that wouldn't explain why mind. you added two billion dollars of debt to your balance sheet. So they, maybe they bought something. Yeah, they bought something, and it might have been overseas. There's some talk here about trying to get bigger on a global basis, but uh, I don't really care about this. I'm I'm really interested in just the way you uh, put it as a safe haven with the opportunity to get a little more appreciation maybe than uh, you would usually look for in this kind of boring name um, as commodity prices come down. Uh, Great. With a nice yield, okay? Great. And, and a safe yield, I think. Um, That's a and, good one. All right, so now I'm going to get a little riskier, so I can, you know, maybe a little more action Uh-oh. with the same basic concepts. Um, yeah. Not, maybe not as staple as Kleenex and, and bathroom tissue, but Newell Rubbermaid does make – um, pretty uh, basic. Well, they've got the uh, top brand in all kinds of mundane categories. Well, right? commodity products, yeah. frankly, when you get right down to well, it. Picture frames and <clears throat> forks. And so you had the old Newell that had things like frying pans and picture back frames. Scratchers. And, uh, they own the sand, uh, what is it, the Sharpie marker business. They've, really, they've done a nice job with that have. business. Um, they bought Rubbermaid back at the uh, peak. Peak. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Oops. And a huge, a very highly leveraged transaction that, uh, I mean, they, they really only in the last year have uh, gotten out from under the anvil of debt that they've been trying to operate under uh, ever since then. And the, uh, the company basically has not grown over that entire period of time. The economy got better, and um, their sales went down. Uh, on a relative basis, right? The economy was growing. They weren't. Uh, a lot of this has been strategic, though, and there's been two or three different people come in and try to straighten this thing out. When you get right down to it, in a world where uh, distribution and transportation costs at the margin continue to be whittled down, um, you need to have a differentiated product, not uh, – and, and like I say, they've done it with Sharpie markers, but – Well, um, it's just harder and harder to demonstrate to the consumer that it's worth the premium when the private label for the, right. became so good. For brand. China now, learned how maybe, to make now things Now, maybe with all the problems so the Chinese have been having with product quality over the last couple of years, especially the milk thing that's going on yeah, right but now. but in picture frames, you know no, what? Man, well, they're, they're out of the – I think they got out of the picture frame business. Get a splinter or something? Um, what have you? But uh, what is it? It's a third cleaning and organization. Well, that's mostly the Rubbermaid business. I saw one in the hallway today. Office products, that's a third. I think that's more the old Newell business. Home fashion, 15%. That's definitely Newell. Tools and hardware, twenty percent. I think that's a combination. It's the maybe you got the tool from Newell and the and the uh, box to keep it in from uh, Rubbermaid. Um, so powerful I, punch. They there. got big in children's products uh, earlier this decade, and they own yeah, don't they own Graco right. and um, well, I don't know about that, but that company that made those big backyard uh, 
slides and toys. Well, and they have, but they also have baby strollers and uh, products like that as well. So I I think it is pretty basic stuff. This stock's been hammered um, because everything they make, almost everything they make, is made out of plastic. So oil prices go to $140. They're not hedged appropriately. They get killed. Earnings per share goes from earnings had been rising nicely. had gone from $1.40, $50, $70. And then you get to 2007. They run into a brick wall. 2008, earnings cut in half. Um, stock down 50% from a high last year. Now it's bounced. It's about 20% off of the low, off of that, you know, um, uh, much smaller base of about $15. Um, value line showing 17.79 for a price. Actually, it closed today at 16 and a quarter. Um, so probably yielding closer to 5% than the 4.7 value line showing. Normalized cash flow, I think, is probably uh, north of $2. Value line says it's going to be a buck sixty-five this year, a buck eighty next year. I don't know if there's a you know those accommodate a recession or not. Call it a buck and a half. That would make this twelve times a distressed level of cash flow with an opportunity for things to continue to get better. Value line says that they apparently have been talking about getting rid of another between five and ten percent of sales um, that is highly exposed to resin prices. I mean, which is really code for. It's a commodity product, and so they can't get any pricing, and they're completely subject to what's going on with the input cost. Uh, Cost inflation is taking at least $0.35 out of earnings this year. Uh, So if I can get that back with the stock for where it is, um, you know, it's a little bit – I could use a little help from the economy maybe. Uh, I don't know about that Value line does have a – well, it's riskier. Value line does have a curious um, comment at the very end of their write-up. They say that it offers an above-average dividend yield. But income investors may want to note the company hasn't raised its quarterly payout since 2000. Well, if I buy it with a 5% yield, my expected return uh, uh, on the div- you know the dividend component of my return doesn't change because it doesn't go up. I mean, it is well, what it is. Well, but if you increase the dividend, it would rise well, with would the increase wonderful. in the dividend. But, right. Absolutely. But I'm not, buy- I'm not buying a 5% yield with the idea that that's a sustainable yield if I'm going to reinvest dividend. Maybe that's all they have to offer you these okay, days. Okay. So I've got one more. I'm going to buzz through this last name. I Do think, it up, man. I think I've talked about this one before. So have I. Um, so one have of I. well, one of us I think probably it's a favorite. Did. It's got there's brands. Um, there's uh, and I, based quality, on the chart, I'm guessing margin. that. When we talked about it last, it was either around this level or you know was. Well, bottoming. we've been completely wrong on it. Let's just admit that. No, to the no, listeners. no, no. I don't. Huh? I didn't recommend it. The stock's it back been going down for two years. No, I'm talking about. I'm thinking the last well, time we came through the rotation, we okay. recommended. Well, I've liked this for a long time. No, yeah, you recommended uh, yeah. some of the housing sensitive stuff that was. Um, too early. Too un- early. Yeah, unfortunately, a little too early. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this stock not seventeen forty three, which value line shows, but sixteen thirteen today. So down a buck forty. I mean, that's down like seven or eight percent off of what's shown here. So the yield not five point three percent, but probably north of five and a half. Um, yeah, I might be a little early. The stock has basically come down sixty percent, then bounced thirty percent off of a bottom of around. Thirteen and a half. Well, not thirty percent with the comeback to sixteen, but um, well, housing crushes. I, you know, I'm looking at this and thinking there could be another leg down because there's going to be some money in it right now that's bought it because they're betting on a bottom, say in the spring home well, building season. Well, some of the, the of construction 09. guys are still getting loans, and, what's and going that's going to roll the recession, off. It may take another year really to get to the yeah. true bottom of this market if you go back and you look at 2002 stock did this as well it kind of rallied late in the year and then 
got you know boom got the um, you know down sharply in early 2003 and then you know last leg down uh, not an uncommon thing to see with stocks so uh, right now same kind of story as with Newell uh, only more so distressed cash flow uh, only running around a dollar twenty apparently so you're talking about what 12 13 times gross cash flow that's at a distressed level but you're really talking about five or six times the numbers that were uh, common in the last well in recent years if they ever get back to that well and the, but they've been um, taking out capacity uh, which is the natural cyclical reaction so they'll certainly be positioned from a profitability standpoint so now you're just talking about whether sales can get back to where they were and I mean, with you know the pricing that's gone on in the industry, I'm not. I, I think there's a very good chance. It's that just that a would question happen. of when, really. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at um, something that is uh, uh, what about ten times enterprise value to EBITDA for valuation. Um, no you know, calculator this week. For value well, I kind of added it up, but uh -huh. um, if I look at you know that's based on 900 million of what Value Line calls operating income or operating margin times sales. Um, That's our best guess. When it looks to me like if they were they were doing a normal level of revenue and and uh, margins, uh, you'd be talking about something closer to 1.6 billion of um, of earnings to value in in a multiple closer to six. So six times a mid cycle performance for this company in the next up cycle, I think is you know not a bad valuation. Like I say, maybe maybe you want to watch it. We might be a little bit early here because I think there's room for disappointment in. Uh, you know, a housing market. More tears ahead. Yeah, More yeah. I, you know, if nobody can borrow any money, not a lot of people can write a check for a brand new constructed home. So, with that, I'm going to. Uh, we'll take a, a little beverage break beverage here. Beverage break. And I'll uh, pass it over to uh, the sheriff of uh. the stock market. <laughs> Well, Your I need mine, more bullets right now. We're Val doing okay Hughes. so far. Thank Get you very much. Thank you. Bringing back the old <laughs> legacy uh, intro there. Uh, you know, I already did my rant at the beginning of the show, but my God, ladies and gentlemen, um, unless the economy goes to zero, which I'm just going to say is unlikely. Here's why. Could happen, though. Uh, n well, every time you get into one of these panics and you go and read the quotes in the paper, Everyone thinks everything's going to zero all the time, but, um, you know, the economy's been growing for... Well, hasn't it many times we before? <laughs> the economy's been growing pretty steadily, at least from space. Weren't we, weren't we at zero for just like seven, eight years, years ago? Well, there was an ice age which crushed everything, <laughs> and we've been sort of growing from there, really. And that's well, it is getting chillier. Pretty a few plagues wiped off a lot of people. That was a big hindrance to growth when you lost a third of the population. But so far, none of that's really Productivity happened. goes up on a per capita basis, though. Uh, well, a lot of people are just carrying the dead. So it, re it sort of reduces the productivity a little bit. Mm. Uh, but it hasn't come to that, I guess is my point. Well, thank goodness. Um, and my picks this week are related to the thought that from space, everything's fine. And, uh, you know, we'll just get back to something good in a few years. Uh, can anyone name the World Series winner from four years ago other than Vern? I mean, y yeah, go look it up. But, you know, a year from now, uh, it'll be a whole new world. Interest rates will be low. 
Uh, people are going to need stuff to live in, to eat, to drive in, to drive in. They're going to need a job, is what they're going to well, need. Well, right now we have six percent unemployment. That could go to ten. That means ninety percent of the people are fine, and in in school that's an A. I mean, so do, I do just realize like the only out, reason the unemployment rate didn't go up was because more people simply gave up hope of finding well, a job. When you look at the number of people that are employed, it's more than ever in history, other than maybe six months ago, and in the span of time. That's pretty good. We're closer to the high end of productivity, high end of wealth, than we are to the low end or even to the 98th percentile. So uh, we're doing pretty good. And when I hear all these pundits, this doom and gloom, uh, you know, the economy's been growing in real terms, what, 3 4% the last couple years? In the worst recessions, GDP goes down a couple percent. Uh, and yet in the prior three years you might be up 10. So you give, you know, you move ahead 10, you move back 2. That ain't horrible. In school, that's an A, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, let me get back to the stock picks this week. They're all based on uh, long-term uh, themes. First up, Eagle Materials, page 851. I own this. It's a big cement maker on one half and gypsum on the other half. So there's two distinct businesses here, obviously both tied to construction. But in cement... It's one of the few commodities that, uh, going back 50 years, never goes down in price, and it's due to the fact that these guys have local monopolies based on transportation costs, and they use that to their advantage. So if you don't want to pay their price, they don't ship you the cement, and then your road or your uh, coliseum or your airport just wait it out. You know what I mean? So big projects need this stuff. They just don't cut price. They do cut volume. Now, this particular company... um, you know, has had a tough time in here. I I probably have talked about this before. They have nine concrete plants, and so that's a bit of overhead. They're in the process of shutting them down. They're obviously shutting down the highest cost plants. They're moving toward a capacity that fills current demand. I'm attracted to two things here, the monopoly element uh, in cement. But if you uh, have to be local, yeah. doesn't it mean you're exiting markets when you shut down capacity? Well, it could be. It could be. I mean, it's very strategic. You have to figure out exactly how to shut these down. But there are some you can shut down. There's also markets that are more heavily hit by uh, construction slowdowns, and there's markets that have a lot of, you know, government work and infrastructure building that are more stable. So I'm not an expert on all that, but they're working toward that. Um, the other half of the business is uh, gypsum and gypsum wallboard, which is still the best, cheapest material to build a wall with. Um, and uh, for years, this business was in trouble due to the, all the asbestos and the lawsuits. That's all gone. Uh, Warren Buffett came in. He owns U.S. Gypsum now, or a piece of it. Some rationality has been brought to pricing, uh, but that's not helping them right now because of the weak demand. Pricing's way off. But in the longer term, that's going to be a better-run business the next 10 years than it was the last 10 because you got capitalists in there pricing, not governments. So I like all that. The stock's been hit terribly. It was a high of 75 back in 06. It's 18 right now. According to Value Line, they're going to earn, you know, 220 this year in gross cash flow. I, I buy that. It's a little late for any of their projects to go away. So that's nine times. Their CapEx is high right now, but those are projects that are going to come off over the next couple of years because they won't need the capacity. So you're probably 11 times some kind of free cash flow. And, uh, you know, the balance sheet's in pretty decent shape uh, based on their stable long-term cash flows. Uh, returns on capital are coming down. They're 8% now. That's not great, but they levered a little bit low teens on equity. 
and I basically like the monopoly aspect of this thing and the fact that infrastructure builds will help them a lot over the next couple of years. Eagle Materials, EXP, page 851. Uh, next up, so that's like Masco. Might be a little early. It's not like Masco in that you need this stuff. You don't need anything from Masco. You could trade down in brand. They're high end. These guys make cement, so you'll be calling them. Uh, Scott's Miracle Grow, page eight. Uh, what? I can't read my writing. Eight forty? No, nine forty-six. I go in page number order uh, for the benefit of the listener. I've talked about this many times. Scott's Miracle Grow. Here's my theme. Uh, nine forty-six. Yeah. Thank you. My theme is basically that uh, while consumers are going to cut a lot, this is a, you know, a... a They're not going to cut grass well, seed? Here's the thing. It's landscaping is a cheap way to try to keep your house looking good or make, you know, make it look good for sale. Also, it's the number one hobby of retirees, gardening. So this type of stuff is generally pretty stable. Uh, their operating margin has been consistently in the low teens for... Uh, many years, return on equity in the 20s, and that's been pretty consistent. They've had a problem with raw material costs. They're getting through that right now. Um, what raw material? Is, you know, oil-based chemicals oh, that go okay. into fertilizer. Yeah. The fertilizer they have 50% okay. market share. I'm very much attracted to that. Over the years, you know, they were Scots, and then they bought miracle Grow. And they've got a bunch of other great brands in here. Hence the name. Yeah, exactly. Emerald Green. You know, they got a lot of fertilizers in here. Smith & Hawken, the, the catalog guys. Uh, you know, a bunch of stuff that's pretty interesting. They got a new president who looks like he's doing some things that are going to be, you know, good for brand building and margin building over time. Price increases. They're taking a page out of Dow Chemicals' book of raised prices, and they're doing that because they got a great brand. Uh, and people just, they're not going to cut back on their pets, and they're not going to cut back on their favorite trees and flowers, Vern. I'll tell you that. I looked at Central Garden and Pet. Well, they're a distributor. They're going to get squeezed. Right? right. Okay. So, look, miracle Grow, Scott's miracle Grow. What else can I tell you? Eight and a half times EBITDA. What's the symbol? SMG. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that would be a very good thing welcome. to tell us. Uh, you know, it's, we've heard enough. It's market what else share. Do you got over there? Listen, don't set my agenda, Vern. <laughs> I'm We're still talking. You're running out of time. I'm in. I have a lot of time. Uh, they're also buying a little bit of stock back. They've got a two percent. Don't forget the yield. favorite ideas anyway, part okay. of the show. And at finally, the I'm canceling that this week. Oh, and then uh, no, I won't. Sure, be a uh, unilateralist. Granite Construction, page nine eighty three. I've never really looked at this before. Stock's at 31. It's not the 36 that Value Line says. I'm attracted to a couple of things. One, at least half their business is big, giant projects for governments. California alone is 10% of their revenue. And if anything's going to happen in the future, whether the government's paying for it or private industry's paying for it, uh, we're going to need a lot of infrastructure. California, they've got budget problems, but they're going to build roads. Uh, out there and airports and things like that and that's where these guys make a lot of money the housing hits already got them they're down from 74 bucks to 31 so you've taken that hit and what i like is it's trading at about you know five six times gross cash flow capital spending is high but that's going to roll off all these guys are going to cut back on capacity to help maintain pricing uh value line has earnings growing 12 percent over the next five years you know obviously that may be high with a couple bad years ahead they also are likely to have a couple of negative quarters here because none of them have shown up yet, and I just don't think there's anywhere to hide in the slowdown we're seeing. In well, that's why the stock's at 31. Yeah, exactly. Uh, according to Value Line here, um, revenues will begin to recover in 09, so that's mm -hmm. comforting. 
mm-hmm. um, but they're going to decline for the rest of 08. So who knows? Operating margin in the in, you know eight nine percent range, which is you know high enough for them to make money, but too low to you know get other people in the business. They've got economies of scale as the biggest guy. Uh, they're putting up just a mid-teens return on equity. So, again, that's well, this not... This is a local monopoly kind of... Yeah, exactly. I mean, but it's more relationships would be my guess. They do a lot of stuff here. They build roads, highways, bridges, dams, tunnels, canals. Does it say they're focused in one part of the country or not? Well, California is 10% of their business. I'll okay. bet they do Nevada, Oregon. You know, well, the places California they can, is 10%. They that's... can drive to. You I don't know? think that's any more than its Who share knows? of... You know, U.S. spending. Well, that that's very possible, but they are headquartered there, uh, in Watsonville, California, hmm. um, and so you know it's a stable infrastructure play that's about what eight eight times cash flow, eight times EBITDA, a little bit of growth coming, and I like it a lot. Page nine eighty three. So uh, that's all I have this week, Vern. How about that? What do you think of that? Um, I think I like uh, Kimberly Clark best. I don't know. What about pricing on that one? What about it? Well, they could lose it. Prices go down on Kleenex? People switch to private label also. Okay, so Kimberly Clark for you. Uh, My favorite this week has got to be, I guess, mm, No. Eagle Construction, EXP. Not Eagle. Well, for more disappointments like that, please come back next week.